Welcome to this new VVV podcast episode, covering the most recent town hall. Well, Christian, maybe to fill in the silence, uh, can you give the guys an overview of the lesson which we're going to discuss today? Maybe a, sure. a short summary of what the lesson entails. Absolutely. Um, so we're going to continue our discussion today of the Warren Buffett homework. I want to um, welcome any uh, new members we have that are attending the Alpha Hour for the first time after the Mint. Um, for those of you who haven't had a chance to check out um, the Academy, uh, it goes through lessons around uh, multiple very successful uh people, uh, really champions in their field, folks who've changed the world, um, either in building huge companies or achieving um, sports, uh, things that have never been achieved before, or really just uh, making themselves into uh, something that can never be forgotten and, and that has really impacted the world around them. And so you'll notice that each of the lessons will either be surrounding one of these folks or around a mindset or a tool or technique that is going to allow you to reach your full potential. And one of the, the great strengths of the Academy is we all really grow together. And so um, the, the feedback on the homework is not meant to just be uh, edifying for that individual member, although, of course, we, we hope for that to be the case. Um, but also for all the other students who are reading it, because each time I read a new lesson uh, or new uh, submission from a new member, uh, I learn new things. And, and what uh, Leon and I and Raigai try to do is to then post the, the most uh, thought-provoking parts of that lesson uh, for feedback for that member, but also for others to read. And so uh, this is uh, the Warren Buffett homework, and uh, I'm sure Warren Buffett really probably needs no introduction. One of the most uh, famous and most successful investors, if not the most successful investor of all time, um, and is really one of the fathers of uh, uh, what we term value investing uh, or basically investing in companies and uh, projects outside of what the market is doing, outside of what, um, you know, how large necessarily the company is, he was always looking for value. What is, what, who are the, the best founders? What are the best ideas? What things are well run? And those things are good to invest in, regardless of whether you're in an up market or a down market. And um, so this is this lesson is really a relatively short, but includes uh, so many pearls from his life and investing techniques um, as to how to be a better investor. And as you go through the lesson, you start to appreciate um, these these messages that we see over and over again in so many of the lessons that we've seen in in the academy, which is that the 
traditional wisdom, quote unquote, or the academic wisdom is not the thing that's going to benefit you. And it's not the thing that's most important Um, that, you know, true value shines through regardless of how many hours you've spent in in front of a book and uh, how how much uh, fuzzy math you can do in the background. Um, And so really the interesting part or most interesting part to me is how each of his pearls basically tears down um, or reimagines something that has been taught in probably business schools, investing classes for years and says, yeah, that's pretty much worthless. Here's what you actually need to do. Um, And there's a lot of, I would say, uh, mirrors between what Warren Buffett's thesis is and how he invests and the way that uh, VVV invests. And so we we got to just barely touch the surface um, a little bit last time on uh, some of uh, talking about some of these these pearls. Um, and so we'll go further into that. And then if we um, run out of material, then we could always go on to the the next homework, which would be uh, Ray Kroc's McDonald's, which uh, is a, is also super fascinating. But I'll save my intro uh, for that one and, until we see whether that's how far we get. Okay, thank you, Christian. And I also want to welcome any of our new listeners who only recently got into VVV through the Mint. The roles for you as a holder are going to be distributed over the next couple of days. And then you guys are also going to get the token IDs of the respective NFTs, which you minted. And with that being said, um, we have the airdrop happening either tomorrow or the day after. But if I'm opening it up uh, a day later than expected, then I'm also going to leave the claim window open for one day longer because I'm going to be on a flight and I might not be able to um, open everything up in time. But if that happens, then I'm going to uh, extend the window so everyone has enough time to check if they are eligible and then claim the NFTs that had been allocated. Other than that, um, we're going to keep working. We're not going to take any breaks. You can see we already have two new channels created and we also have an additional AMA lined up. Um, I think it might even be tomorrow already, right? Let me double check. Yeah, I believe so. Tomorrow at one time central. Exactly. So tomorrow, one hour later than it is right now, we have an AMA scheduled with Fleek Network And that's a project which has passed the first due diligence of our research institute. And they're going to come to VVV to join us to ask, uh, to answer all the questions which the research team has and to answer all the questions of the community. And then we may or may not pursue a potential investment into their project if we see enough potential and if we see enough synergies between both parties. So you guys can stay tuned for more deals, more deal flow. You're going to keep the events going. And in the background, you have me working on the blockchain fund. And now that the Mint has gone really, really well, 
and we have enough runway for the team and we have also cash and liquidity to cover some additional expenses to um, work on some things sooner than expected. And you're going to see me probably, and don't quote me on this yet, and I said the same to Chris, um, you probably are going to see the first big news around the blockchain fund in mid-February. So that's um, yeah, pretty much ahead of time. As you know, we had uh, Q1 to launch the fund and we are probably going to have like the first couple of steps already in place to be executed on like some sometime around February, I believe. And I think that's all. If you guys have any questions, you are always free to use the VVV fund hashtag and post your comments below this Twitter space event. And of course, if anyone wants to talk, you guys can always raise your hand and we're going to get you on stage. And if there's anything important which you guys want to address or want to say, you're always invited to do so. And I would also be appreciative if you guys could leave a retweet and a like for the Spaces event to make sure that we spread the word about VVV. And before we get into the lesson, so once all the roles have been distributed to our Mintas, then we're going to close the Discord down completely. So it's going to be fully private. There's only going to be a few public read-only channels for But the only things that are going to be visible are going to be the channels with testimonials and with information about the real life event with the trailers. Um, and yeah, by the way, there's a, a trailer which I'm working on, which you guys are going to see as soon as it's finished. And that's going to give you a perfect insight into what the guys have experienced at our real life event. Okay, Christian. So I would say we get started with the first lesson. Awesome. Well, I will um, go straight from that announcement then about the trailer, which will be exciting to see. And uh, actually, one of my favorite questions that now relates directly to the uh, real life event that I loved uh, that uh, was asked in the Warren Buffett homework was this idea of the best investment that you can make. Um, it's, it's something that I know I've, I've spoken on this before, but, um, I, a, I like talking about it over and over again, cause it's, it's one of, if not the most, uh, really paradigm shifting thing that, that really, uh, sold me on the, the heart of VVV and, and, um, you know, the, the, the value that it represents beyond just simply an investing platform was that, the academy and the research academy and, and uh, so much of of what we do in VVV is intended to allow growth and and for folks to make investments in themselves, not just simply buy into the the latest um, uh, blockchain project. I know that um, you're someone, Sean, who has has worked very hard on yourself and and. 
uh, spent a lot of time and energy and finances and et cetera in, um, in investing in yourself and, and in VVV. I wondered if there were some things that you could offer about um, sort of your, your personal uh, investments that you've made and then also how that carried through to both the real life event and to the academy and, and making VVV this home of, of somewhere that you can really do more than just spend money on, on uh, great projects but spend money on the most important project that each of us has, which is ourself. Well, my claim to fame has been that I've been to Dan Pena's seminar twice. I've been to the regular seminar, and I've also been to the hardcore seminar, which is, well, exactly during this time of the year. It's like one week during Christmas. And I've also been to a variety of other events, for pretty much all of which I had to sign NDA agreements, so I can't even talk about them. And I've also haven't stopped spending money to educate myself to become a better leader. I'm in fact going to be um, at another training session. I have to just be careful with, with how I describe it, but I'm going to be at another uh, training session early January at an undisclosed location. And it's going to be like a military grade leadership training. It's probably one of the toughest trainings uh, which I could accomplish. And believe me, I would, after the mint and after all the work I've put in, I would love to do nothing more than lean back and relax a little bit. But I know for my inner drive and for the greater good of what we're building, there cannot be any slowing down and there can also not be any um, comfort in where we are today. We still have a lot to go for. We have a lot to achieve. And the interesting aspect about spending money on educating yourself is that assuming you spend it in the right places, the more you spend, the more money you're also going to make. Like it's the, the returns on investments on yourself are infinite and no one can ever take anything away from you. Like today we had, we had a conversation in our server. Someone was asking about the best sales courses and by far the best sales course, in my opinion, is the one from Grant Cardone. Uh, at the time where I did the course, it was called uh, Grand Cardone University and this is by far the most profound and well-structured sales course of all of them if you do not like Grand Cardone's personality as much then you might still be able to consider Jordan Belfort's training courses because they're also very good in my opinion they're not as good as the ones from Grand Cardone but it's also um the way you learn is the more you resonate with the teacher or the mentor, the easier of a time you're going to have to learn, right? So even if the, if the course is maybe 20% worse, but you are able to consume the material faster and digest it in a, in a more efficient way, then you, know, you, you could even go for a course which is not as good. At the end of the day, it's really mainly always about taking action and not pondering too much. Like there's a million sales courses out there and 
I've gone through a lot of them. And by far the best ones are the one from Grand Cardone. And second to them, to that is uh, Jordan Burford. And um, if you want to read a book about sales, then Sell or Be Sold by Grant Cardone is a really good start. Like, that's a super good book. And another good book is by Oren Clough, which is called Pitch Anything. That's also a very interesting read. Um, but a disclaimer, again, reading is not taking action, right? So be very careful when you start to read and when you start to consume material and when you start to work on yourself and attend seminars, it can very easily become a vicious circle where all you do is educate yourself and ponder and you never really start taking action. So be very aware that like you shouldn't consume more than two courses or one book on a specific topic before you go out and take action. Like the, it's so easy to start to just waste your time by wanting to know more and more and more and more. And eventually you really only learn by taking action. Yeah. And I guess that's one of the things that I really <clears throat> I've appreciated about the Academy. Um, but I think is, is a pattern that relatively or, or trap that I think, relatively intelligent people can, can fall into. And I know um, during the IRL event, you know, there was this uh, talk of the dopamine hit that we get for completing something. So it's like, well, you have to complete the book, even if you've gotten what you needed to out of it, because that makes you feel good for completing it. But really it's not that you're gaining something from it. Is, is there some uh, rubric or metric that you use to say, this is going to benefit me versus I'm just doing this because it's, uh, I think you've called it before, uh, you know, uh, education for entertainment uh, purposes. Yeah. It's um, uh, how do they call it? I think intellectual entertainment, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was better than what I said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how, so how do you know whether, you're doing it for the right reason. Is it, is it, well, this is, cause I would say there are things that even I've, I've heard you tell us about that are on similar topics, but you're getting something different out of it. So is there a way to look critically at it um, that you found where you can identify, Hey, I'm doing this because I really need it versus I'm not just reading something to read it. Yeah. I mean, normally you should already start taking action while you read, you read something or while you take a course. Like if it's actually something that's super relevant to what you do or to, to what you want to do, and then you, you read through it and then you start accumulating those golden nuggets, which are in the course and the book, then like you immediately want to put those to use, right? And if you just like accumulate them, or maybe you don't even find them and you just keep reading and reading or listening and listening, then something is wrong. Like everything you do in terms of educating yourself should always be tied to taking action and it should always be like immediately be reflected in the actions you take either in your daily life or with the things you want to accomplish. And I think um, Farsan and Leon did, did this really well after the real life event. Like I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Farsan 
on his last day, he already already signed on, uh, signed up uh, for, uh, I think, for the private training with Brian. And Leon immediately ordered uh, the book of one of the speakers and read it in like one day after the event. So, you know, it's, it's really important to hold yourself accountable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, uh, I've been working with uh, Daniel, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I mean, you can talk I, from your I, own I, perspective, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that makes, um, that makes a lot of sense, though. I, I, hadn't, I hadn't quite thought of it that way. I mean, I'd, I had heard the messages through um, the Academy when others had, had spoken about it. Um, and when, when you've kind of cautioned us against that, it's definitely something that I've fallen into in the past of, of feeling like I'm, you know, I've read books on programming, but I'm not a programmer. Well, why did I read those if I didn't intend to actually do that? And it was like, well, then it just became a waste of time. I know a little bit about it, but not enough to actually, you know, become impactful at it. And so, um, just like you said, I think that's such an important message that if it's going to be useful for you, then it should be something that you can apply right as you're reading it or right after you're reading it or right or during the, the event and right after the event. And if there's not something you can take and apply, then likely it's it's not a, a useful um, exercise is what yes. you're saying. And you reminded me of something uh, of a conversation I had a few days ago which actually was with a developer and he, he's actually really good in what he does. And he has spent months to develop an NFT related platform. I don't want to give his business idea away, but he, he has put a tremendous amount of, of time in building a platform. And then, you know, he asked me for some more or less about my opinion on his business idea. And like we went through it and we considered all the upside for all the different stakeholders, for the business and for the customers. And the more we spoke about it, the more obvious it became that the idea was pretty bad. And throughout the conversation, it also became obvious that him pursuing the route of being a developer is probably, probably not going to lead to the life he wants to live. Because if you like become a super good developer, then like the outcome for you is very likely to become an employee. And with his personality, being an employee just doesn't make any sense. Like he's way too driven and confident to just be someone working for someone else. So in his case, the, the end result pretty much was uh, scrapping the idea completely and also burying the idea the idea of becoming or being a developer and completely starting from scratch and found finding or founding his own business ASAP and becoming business savvy as soon as possible and that's actually not that hard and we're going to uh, have a follow-up call with the real life event attendees and I'm going to uh, give everyone like a very short summary of how to start a business or how to start your freelancing business, which you can then turn into an agency or a real business. And it's actually a super simple formula. And I'm probably also going to make that call or not the entire call, but that part of the call then available in our academy. 
No, that would that would be amazing. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that. And I, I think it goes to something that is something that uh, you really uh, talked about a lot and and sewn through the lessons that we've done in the academy is this idea of you know Steve Ballmer was you know looked good in a suit <laughs> and but didn't have that much experience with um, with computers and you have Nick Bolateri that you know, was not, <laughs> hadn't even really played that much tennis. Yeah, supposedly, supposedly never, no one has ever seen him play an entire match. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, and, and I remember after we got that from the IRL event, um, some folks were saying, well, why was so much of the event geared towards mindset and so much of the academy is really geared towards mindset rather than you know specific skills not because those skills aren't important but until you have the right mindset you don't even know what what skills you need um can you talk a little bit about you know, I think this comes out in investment, you know, to return to the Warren Buffett idea, you know, so much of what he talks about in his pearls are having the right mindset towards business and the right mindset towards life. Not all of this academic, um, you know, sort of frippery about, I, I can't remember what uh, Charlie Munger called it exactly, <laughs> yeah. but twaddle yes. or something like that like he basically said it's useless um and these are the most successful full people that you know have pretty much ever invested so um is there anything that you think especially for those new to bbb that but even those of us who've been around need to hear about the importance of of mindset and and when you need to approach skills and and when you'll know that you have the right mindset to build your own business or or, you know, become more of a boss than an employee? Yes. The only technical things which you should learn are sales and copywriting. And those tie in together anyways. So, you know, doing a deep dive into, into those, again, not wasting too much time, but getting very comfortable with the basics, understanding framing and sales. And, and framing is like a, uh, you know, persuasion technique out of copywriting. Understanding copywriting and, and sales, like that's the only thing you need to know and then you can do anything. Like it really doesn't matter. And to come back to the conversation I had uh, a few days ago, you know, the first objection by him was also like, well, I'm a developer, so what kind of a business could I start? And that, that that's the wrong approach because you're immediately limiting what you consider as options the like if you don't know anything that just means you can start any business and even if you are an, an expert in healthcare for example you can still start uh, an advertising agency as your first business like it, it ha definitely has not to be relevant to what you have been doing the rest of your life and many times it can even be very healthy for your uh, for you and for your mindset to do something completely new and the way it works, you know, because you mentioned the example of Steve Ballmer or Nick Balotelli, like these guys could have done anything. It really does matter in what kind of an industry you put these guys with, with the right mindset. They can be successful um, 
with a taco stand at the beach. Like it really doesn't matter what type of a business you intend to launch. And the way it works in very simple terms is you go out there. So first of all, you, you learn how to sail and you learn copywriting. Then you go out there and you sell a service which you don't know how to do yet. Meaning you go out there and you go to a small business owner and you tell them, hey, I, I've seen your website and I think you can do a lot more and you can do a lot better if you had a new website. And then, of course, you know, there's the techniques on how, how to get your first client, but then you get the client. So now he's giving you um, the contract to do his website and you have no idea of how to actually build a website. So now you go on the internet and you type in how to build a website and now you execute and you build the guy website and you deliver the very first service for your very first client. And that's pretty much the theory of anyone who ever started a business because it's impossible, no matter how many books you have read on creating a website until you actually create one, you still have no idea of how to actually do it. So you might just as well go out there and get the client first before you even start learning the thing. And like Warren Buffett and, and uh, Charlie Munger said, everything is not that complicated. People deliberately make things complicated to start selling you more and more courses, to start selling you books and so on and so on. Like creating a website, even if you go to a very expensive agency, like most websites are, are just based on a framework and a template. And most of the websites you could buy from like low and mid tier agencies are just exactly that. Like it doesn't take a lot of work and many times it's super low quality, which you receive. And just by you looking it up and doing it with passion and with a lot of uh, accountability and responsibility for the very first person which has trusted you to do work for them, you, by definition, are more likely to deliver a better product than most of the agencies out there anyways. So even if you're new and if you, if you don't know everything and if it's not going to be perfect, it's still going to be better than most of the other services out there. And what I did initially is just working for free. You can just, you know, do some cold approaches, called cold calls, called emails, and find two businesses for which you can do the website for free. And then you deliver the website, you make sure the guys are happy, and then you can approach the third guy who you are then actually going to charge. And then you tell him, hey, I've seen your website and I think it can be very much improved to allow you to sell more or to get more customers and so on. And here are the two most recent websites which, which I've created. Here are the con contact details of the owners and they are more than happy to share the experience they had with me. And then if you pitch someone like that, you know, most of the time they are not even going to bother calling these guys because by you sharing the contacts, they already know that they must have had a great experience with you. And that's like really, it's like it's so easy to get the first clients. You, you just have to be willing to stop researching and stop reading and just do the very first thing. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to me because <laughs> there's these things that the 
that message has really tied together in my head that we're sort of disparate in the world seemingly. And I had not really um, put them together to, to a unified philosophy. I mean, I think we've all seen, you know, courses online where you go, well, that person has never really done anything of import other than selling this course. Like all of their money comes from sort of this pyramid scheme. And by the way, by the but way, I never is, had t- exactly ahead, the no, same yeah. as in any university ever. Like any, any yeah, that's that's what I was okay. about to say. Is like <laughs> I had never tied that to university teaching, but it. But you're right; it's exactly the same. It's like what you're teaching me this, but you've never gone out and applied it. Yeah, that's that. That's that saying: if you can't do, teach. Yeah. Yeah, no, which is, it's just, why, why do people pay so much to learn from folks who have never applied it? I mean, like, it's, it's, it's fun. It's, that's what we're taught to do, right? But um, that, that's the way of, of advancing is you have to learn from these people. But I had never, you, I, I forget what lesson it was that um, you were particularly talking about again, but it's like, look at the car that person drives, look at the, things they've accomplished in their life like and you know it's not just pure consumerism like i I believe what i'm i'm hearing you say is the point is have they actually succeeded at it if they're teaching you to do business and business is able to make you free for life if you do it right and you know deliver what your customers need and and change the world like all these stories that we're learning from then you should have a nice car, right? If you want one, you shouldn't yeah, have yeah, to yeah, be but, here. But so like, why, that, why is that's it? That's also like a very, um, what you say is 100% correct, but you made a small comment, um, like if you want one. And it's a very dangerous avenue to go down because the same happened with um, Sam Bankman-Fried where he was painting a picture of being so... Um, what's the right term? Being so disinterested in money that he even drives an old car. Yeah, and like, like everyone wants to have nice things. Like, if someone has a lot of money and does not buy himself nice things, then something is wrong. It's not possible for you to be successful and not like having a nice car and a nice house. Like, if you actually prefer to have a shitty car and live in a in a shack then there's something wrong and people shouldn't trust you. Right. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. So why, why do you think so many people fall for the, because I know a lot of your inspiration behind starting the academy is trying to get people out of a system that teaches them things that they're never going to apply or even doesn't teach them the right things. Yeah. So the, the, why do you think it is that we fall? For yeah. That? The system wants everyone to believe that things are so complicated and so difficult. So you're always paralyzed by not trusting yourself to actually start taking action. And then you have a million books and a million lectures and so much information you have to go through first before you then can potentially get a job and start learning and before you actually realize what has happened, you are enslaved and tied to a salary. And now, like, the things which you learn only have application for someone who remains an employee for the rest of his life. And now you have become accustomed and dependent on the salary. 
So even if you have any ambitions and if, if you have figured out how to do it yourself, now you can't leave because then you lose your cash flow and your income. And that's the position many, many people are in where they tell me, yeah, once I have enough money, then I will start my business. But that's not how it works. Like you start the business first and, and then you make the money. Like if you have a lot of money and want to use the money to start your business, then you're starting the wrong business because a good business does not need money to get started. And any business which requires a lot of capital should not be the business which you start as your first business because you have no idea what the fuck you're doing. So start a business which requires no capital and the easiest businesses to start are agencies because you can start as a freelancer and then transition into becoming an agency, which is exactly what I did and which to me was um, initially pretty well, it took me much longer than it should have because I didn't have any guidance, right? I have to fig figure everything out myself. And um, now I know how to do it and I can pretty much teach anyone how to do it in like 60 minutes. Yeah, well, and, and I think that, that message of working to be your own boss, to be the captain of your own ship is is one of the, the things that really is the most important message that I've taken from all the lessons that we've had that, that your goal should be that your dreams and your vision that you should develop them and that they should be big dreams, not small. And then you should work to not be captive to somebody else's um, role for your life. And in fact, one of the things that um, happened in the last year that, uh, made me uh, feel like uh, you were a bit of a, a Nostradamus, uh, <laughs> Sean, in your in your foresight was my, uh, as the economy has started to have trouble in the U.S., um, healthcare employers are starting to sort of universally reimagine their pay structures. And wouldn't you know it, the people that they want to pay more now are not the leaders, but are the ones who basically move people fast, the, the busy bee employees, right? They want to really incentivize that and disincentivize anyone who is, you know, free thinking or, or is trying to advance. And it really got me thinking like, yeah, they're not interested in, just like you've said, they're not interested in, independent thought they're not interested in being questioned if something is going wrong what they want is people constantly grinding and not able to look up from the grindstone to to wonder who am i really working for am i am i advancing myself or all these you know certificates and medals and and whatever that they've given me just something that they use to to keep me pushing in the direction they want me to push um and and i think that's something that you know, really came through in the Warren Buffett homework was all of this, this knowledge, quote unquote, of how all the books and all the uh, schools teach you to invest, you know, all this complexity about technical analysis and, um, you know, diversification for diversification's sake, all of that is wrong. <laughs> but, um, but it incentivizes you to think in a way that keeps the market churning and keeps the, the folks that are really in charge of the market, um, you know, to, to they keep making money off of uh, your 
it's the same your inability yeah, it's, to, to it's leave. the same with um dca like dollar cost average like that's also just a coping mechanism of you not knowing when the right time to buy is like like you don't know when to buy so you just buy all the time it doesn't make any sense like it's completely yeah, it, it, i don't want to use too many swear, too many swear words but it's, it's complete garbage like Warren Buffett doesn't do DCA when he buys Apple stock. Like he buys a big chunk when he thinks it's undervalued or when he thinks it has a bright future. And then if he sees another opportunity, he buys another big chunk. And if he sees some, something going wrong, he sells a big chunk. Like it's, you don't like the DCA thing. It's like all of these things, they sound logical and they are very comfortable to execute on and then you just cater to the masses and tell them whatever whatever makes them feel good and by the way because because you you mentioned you touched on this so no of course that your employer or your the the system you know they always want to keep you dumb and prevent you from critical thinking or from breaking free but the interesting thing is once you actually broke free like the, the people at the top, they, they, especially the ones who also came up from nothing, like they respect you so much. So it's not just like the system, I think it's just built the wrong way and has become super corrupted. And the incentives have now been laid in the complete wrong way where it's like, it's mostly the system holding you back. It's not so much individual people or like a, or like the top one percent, like they they, um, you know, maliciously um, collaborate to to keep you poor. Like all the systems and and structures have already been set in place, like way before that. So now it's just the things which have been set in place are just playing out. It's not like the ones at the top actually like, you know, look at you coming up and they want you to fail. It's the exact opposite. Like it's the people at the at the bottom which hold you back. And it's actually the people at the top. They, they either don't care and, and just look down on, on the peasants, so to speak. But they don't like actively do anything against you guys. But there's also a good faction of the people at the top who pull up the people at the bottom if they show potential and if they show that they have the right mindset. Yeah, no, that's absolutely... I, I've definitely seen that, that that there tend to be two groups. And, and like you said, the groups that are self-made and have really pulled themselves up and are free thinking, they respect it. And then there's those that are sort of monsters of the system (laughs) who have gotten their jobs through nepotism and, and, you know, uh, kissing the right, you know, what, and, (laughs) you know, they, they tend to, um, they tend to look down on anyone who has not gotten there through the, through the machinations of the system, seemingly. Um, not necessarily. Uh, I think, well, there's so many nuances to everything. <laughs> You're definitely right. There's yeah. a couple of like the people without any intrinsic value, without any skill sets, they, they, those really just have come up through nepotism of just being born into the right family. They can be quite dangerous because there's, you know, envy. Envy is a very strong emotion, and usually these people also yeah. lack 
in the areas of, uh, uh, you know, they don't have a, a character of substance, right? So if they see someone who actually has substance to them and someone who is confident and uh, who is healthy and is uh, genuine, you know, that, that, that also can rub a lot of people the wrong way. But again, this mostly, like, honestly, I've never even seen that. Like, that, that that's me just theorizing on some conspiracy conspiracy theories maybe like the the most negativity i've always gotten from people at the bottom like those guys who like gotcha. the crap bucket who know for sure they can't get out because they don't have the ambitions to do so like these are the worst people these are the ones holding you back like the ones on their way up and the, the ones at the top they want to see you succeed yeah, and I think that's a really important message too. Is that you know you feel like you want to feel like the people around you are generally you know happy for you to move up, but that's not the that's not the case. They they resent the fact that you're being able to to move or bettering yourself, and I, I think that really goes to the message that you've shared with us so many times about how important this community is. And why things like the IRL event are so vital um, is surrounding yourself with with people of substance, people who want to succeed and want to see you succeed. Um, because it's amazing looking back, you know, just just a few months um, now from before uh, VVV came about, and how big a change there's been in in my life, and I know from others that um, who've spoken about it and and attended IRL. IRL event as well, um, how much impact it has had to be suddenly surrounded with people who are of substance and want success and want you to succeed. Um, it, it, it's really night and day, the type of motivation you have and the type of dreams and, and vision you have. Um, yeah, once you know that that change is so once immediate. you've seen the light, so to speak, there's no going back. Like once you've seen what other people accomplished and once you've been around them and you felt their energy and you've also felt that they see in you that you can do it too like it's impossible to go to sleep and just accept living the the average life anymore like if someone else who already did it believes in you i mean now it's very different to also disappoint them by inaction than just disappointing you and that's the, the I, I think the right, strong no, the strong sense of brotherhood which has evolved at the IL event is it's going to make it impossible for anyone to just slack off and not go anywhere. Absolutely, um, and one of the things I know where I I didn't know what time you want to go to, Sean. I want to be respectful. Oh no, go of, ahead. Of My cigar still. Let me, let me know when it's dwindling and I'll quit asking questions. But, um, so one of the things that I thought would be a real benefit, especially with some new listeners in and, and some new students for the Academy, I know you've spoken on these things in the past, but I, I thought, especially since it's Warren Buffett and he's talking about, you know, his value thesis and how to invest you've you've spoken very passionately and and very eloquently about 
what you think about risk and, you know, what, you know, I, I know at times you've chastised us because we've said, this is high risk. And it's like, well, it's not really because we know who's running the, <laughs> you know, it's risk versus reward. And this is way more on the reward side than the risk. And I know you've also talked um, several times about the difference between gambling and investing and, and how VVV really is geared towards investment not gambling and that so many of the other groups that say that they're there for investment are really just throwing money at the latest um, project that that is looking for a raise do you want to um, share with us uh, at all sort of a an overall sort of thesis investment thesis for VVV or, or how um, you view risk, and I know there's we have a re, a whole research team that that runs this too for VVP. But just from from your perspective as the as the founder, kind of how you see what types of projects we should be getting involved yeah, in I mean, as the, a community, the, the, and and how you it manage does, it. It doesn't matter which type of of a project. Like yeah, I I, spot, I had a very long conversation a few weeks ago with someone who's worth hundreds hundreds of millions of dollars, and he made the most of his money also through investing in in companies and he has invested in some companies like facebook very early on and he he invests with the exact same thesis as i invest which was obviously really reassuring to hear and i'm also aware that my thesis is not the one which you can just blindly apply to vvv that's actually the reason why we have the research institute because you have to actually you know rationalize the decision making and and you know allow decisions to be uh, uh, replicable but the way i invest is very simple i talk to the founder and if my gut feeling tells me that he's a uh, genuine reliable passionate workaholic then i'm good making the investment I don't want to hear anyone like pitching me something and then not working a hundred hours per day, excuse me, a hundred hours per week. And I don't want to talk to someone who then mentions that he's still involved in another business or he's doing this or that. Like he only should do exactly one thing, which is the business in which you're investing in. And he should not have, he should not have any plan A, uh, plan B's. No, he should not have not have any other. Um, uh, what's the term? He should not have, not have any any other commitments in his life, but making that one company successful. And that's really the only like. If you have someone with integrity, if you have someone who is driven, and if you have someone who only focuses on one thing, like the likelihood of that person succeeding is very high. And then, of course, you have to make sure that you don't invest into like an ice cream stand, which has very low scale when it succeeds, but you actually pick something which can succeed at a very large scale. But to me, I only need one con conversation with the founder, and then I can immediately tell if that's something worthwhile or not. And now, of course, you know, you don't find those founders like randomly on the street, right? You have to have some sort of a funnel to actually check the basics so you're not wasting your time because you can talk to a million people and like eventually you might only find one or two. So the 
the process which we have of having our own bot screening and scraping the entire internet to then generate leads for the research team and then rejecting or um, approving projects into the next stages of the research process and then eventually ending up with a handful of projects which we then invite to an AMA and then we talk to the founder. I think that's the best possible way to do it because then we have all the facts already lined up and then really the last point of the decision making is whether or not the founder and, and the team that's talking to us actually is driven enough and competent enough to execute on what they have planned. And then it also doesn't matter like how much runway they have or how many other arbitrary metrics you take into account to make the decision. Like all of it doesn't mean anything if the guy in charge is not capable. Like it, it's really like the team has to be super sharp, super driven, and then is when you can actually make the sound and confident decision. And regarding the, the risk in general, what people don't understand is that something with 5% APY, that's not riskless or that's not low risk. You can still lose all your money and then you lose all your money for taking the risk to get a 5% return. I mean, like none of the millionaires I've spoken to ever even contemplated the term APY. Like no one ever talks about this except poor people who think, okay, now if I put my money in Luna and I get 30% APY, that's a good investment or a safe investment. It's just complete stupidity. In my opinion and in the opinion of the super successful people I've been meeting in the past couple of months, like we do super high risk investments, but they actually carry the same risk as those in, in quotes, safer investments. But if those succeed, then you make 100x, 1000x returns. And that's how those people get super wealthy by making the right decisions and not by putting X amount of dollars into some APY scheme to then be a millionaire after 50 years. That's, that's just nonsense. Yeah, and I think that really goes to something that kind of gets um, spoken in, in crypto uh, a good bit, which is the, the 401k lie or, or whatever. It's that, um, you know, I, I never really had thought about, you know, it, again, just like education and going through the system and buying all these books that you're never necessarily going to apply or, or certainly won't uh, make you successful. You know, you're you're taught, well, just put the money in, in these, you know, very slow growing things. And then you start looking at, you know, inflation. And yeah, <laughs> and so, so what they do, yeah, exactly. 10, 20, 30 years. So, sorry for Christian for interrupting you so often this time. But like, that's exactly what they do. They tell you, put your money here and then forget about it. And then, oh, there's a World Cup going on. Pay attention to the football match. Like that's exactly what's happening. Yeah, like, yeah. They don't want you to pay attention, and then they make it so they make it seem so complicated that you don't even want to pay attention. And now there's a World Cup going on, and now there's Christmas. Take two weeks off and don't do anything. Like, what are you taking your time off for? Like, what have you achieved this year, which actually allows you to take two weeks off? Like, with all the things I've been through this year and building BBV, like I'm still not slowing down. Like, Christmas is finally the time where everyone leaves me alone and I can just keep working. 
So it's like, what are people who have either no money or no success achieved yet? What are they taking a break of? Like, all of it is just complete nonsense. And what are you watching the the World Cup for? Like, it's just distraction. It's entertainment for the peasants. It's just a different variation of what has happened hundreds and thousands of years ago. Like, they are just keeping you distracted and you're rooting for other people who are successful at what they do. And of course, it's beautiful to watch someone who is at the peak and the best in what they do. Of course, it's enjoyable, but like you have to be very conscious about the fact that you are wasting your time and you're living vicariously through someone else while you're not working, while you're not working on yourself to actually become a winner. You're just rooting for other winners, which is complete nonsense and just a coping mechanism of you making sense of not actually taking action. No, it really has been so eye-opening um, being part of VBB and realizing little by little how much of my life, and I'm sure you know others would would echo this, I, I would hope, through the academy lessons, but how much of, of life is are things that we just let other people and let other habits that have developed and other thought processes that have been set for us rather than us determining um you know, run our lives. Um, and it really has been just like you said, this, this amazing wake up call where it's like, who, who's running, who is making you make this decision? Are you in charge of this? Did you determine what you were going to, to do here? Or are you just following someone else's lead on everything you, you do in life? And I, and I, I do want to, um, call out one thing that I know you, um, kind of passed over pretty quick, but I think is, is huge is something that I've seen um, in so many founders, in so many projects in crypto is the second the mint is over, like they can't be found, except maybe you're going to see pictures of them drinking champagne on Twitter. <laughs> and then and then they're just like, for a month or two, you can't talk to them. I mean, this, if, if I was in, you know, pretty much any other project that, you know, that I've uh, invested in, the month or two after the mint, the founder, like you wouldn't be talking to me, right? <laughs> You'd be celebrating. So we're, and so I, I did want to come back. To yeah. Let that me, before you continue, I, let me uh, just uh, make yeah. a comment on this. The reason is because I, I had money before. So like we, we now, and I, I have to run the numbers you know, because I have distributed all the funds across different wallets and put something in cash. Uh, I, I don't know exactly how much we made, but we made like 600 K. And to me, that's not a lot of money because I made that before already. So like another 600K is not going to like feel anything different than the money I made before, right? So it's like, it's always the people who never had money who then start making the wrong decisions. And maybe, you know, 600K could be, it's probably enough for most people to just, to just disappear and, you know, in, in quotes, live, live a, you know, a couple of enjoyable years. But we already spent almost uh, around $500,000 in building VVV. So now we just got another cash injection to keep building and to keep executing on what we want to actually do, which is the blockchain fund. And for the blockchain fund, I'm going to raise $10 million to build the structure of the fund. And then we are going to start raising the actual capital for the fund which I want to be around $300 million. And $300 million 
to build a fund is actually not that much. Like if you look at um, if you look at BlackRock, they started out with roughly seven hundred million dollars, and I think about like twenty or thirty years ago. So so at that time, that was infinitely more money than three hundred million dollars today, and they now have, I believe, ten trillion dollars in assets under management. So like us starting off with like $300 million, it's like nothing. Of course, you know, we are then probably one of the largest players in, in the uh, crypto VC space. But to me, the scope of VVV is so much larger that the, the 600K, which we made from the mint, like that's just like, it's really, it's closer to no money than any money. And of course, I'm incredibly happy for the support of the community and also the interest of the new members and we're going to put the money to good use we're going to use it to execute on all the plans for the fund for building out vvv and for paying the team but in the grand scheme of things it's just like one very small milestone which we had to achieve and my planning was super conservative we would have been fine with like 120 to 200k in funds and I always um, plan for the worst case. And um, the same with building the blockchain fund. You know, I could probably build the fund with a million dollars or two million dollars, but I want to raise 10 because things always are more costly than you think. Things always take longer than you think. So you might as well be very proactive in your planning and not be the idiot who raises two million and then you have to go back to investors and tell them all oh, the money was not enough. Yeah, and I, um, you know me, I'm a, a, a little bit romantic. So I, I respect the pragmatic answer to why you come back to work the very next day. But I also, having um, having worked with you and, and met you in person, I wonder if you're willing to share a little bit with us about the what you're hoping to achieve for the community and, and what besides, cause like you said, you've had money before. So success is important and, and we're all in this investors wanting to succeed financially. But um, you know, what is it that, that makes you excited to, to do this every day? Like why, why even after great successes, are you not ready to lay it down? And, and like most founders, uh, well, would? because it's not a success to me. Like it's only a milestone. The success is yet to come. And of course, if you look at, like, if you look back and if you compare us to all the other uh, initi initiatives out there, and especially if you look at the communities which I have left because I was not happy with the, their leadership, they have, they literally have done nothing since I left them or since other community members left those, those uh, communities. They literally have done nothing except maybe suck out a few thousand dollars out of the community they literally have built nothing they have delivered nothing and they are never ever going to do anything like right now is the time to build while everyone else is scared while everyone else is contracting like now is the time to buy all the underpriced assets to start building to keep pushing and pushing and to start curating a super strong community and i don't know what what people are leaving the crypto space for like the, the exact same coins which are the exact same projects which they had been throwing money at during the, the bull market. Now they are uninterested when the same 
projects with the same fundamentals when they are all underpriced. Now is the time to buy. Like at the time where everyone was buying, that's the time to sell. And now when everything is underpriced, no one wants to buy anymore. So now, and now people deem it to be risky to be in crypto, which is very funny because now, and I think there's, we, there's still a lot, a lot lower, which we can go, but you know, the, the um, downside from a thousand dollar ETH versus four thousand dollar ETH is significantly less, right? Yeah, and and I just want to say, um, you know, I I think uh, it shows how much uh, passion you have, not just for financial success, which is a a huge portion of obviously what we're all here to do together, but. Um, but to grow the community, to help each of us become better people through the economy, uh, through the academy and through um, the, the IRL event and, and the, the work that um, you and, and the others in VVV um, put in. And so I'm, I'm grateful that uh, you've led us along with you on this journey. And I'm excited, you know, especially for those um, who are new to uh, VVV, welcome uh, welcome home, and uh, you will not meet a uh, founder that that cares more about the success of every single member um, of this community. So, um, and uh, on a personal note, uh, uh, I'll dox myself a little bit. I know you said, uh, Sean, earlier, as a healthcare expert, you can be an expert at other things. I, I appreciate you <laughs> giving this healthcare worker an opportunity to to work and, and, um, and succeed, uh, beyond what most people have, uh, pretty much anyone has, has given me a, a chance to do. So thank you so much. And, um, I'm excited to, to be on this journey as I know a lot of us are. Thank you, Christian. You know, it's super powerful to have someone look into your eyes and that person telling you, you can do anything because it's very likely that for all of your life, that's not what you have heard. Like most of the time people try to put you in a box or they're trying to, um, you know, fit you in a pre-made template, which doesn't fit anyone really, right? No one actually wants to be a slave. Like most people, if you had asked them while they were a child, they all had big ambitions and they all wanted to be free and fulfill their dreams. It's only through society, uh, your socioeconomic environment, through uh, your fans, friends and family specifically, like that's the people that are closest to you. It's mostly the ones suffocating all the passion out of you and trying to like shift, shift you towards a place where you, you align with the expectations they have of you. And usually the, <laughs> the people who never have achieved greatness in life they also have very low expectations for everyone around them and they also feel more comfortable with everyone around them achieving less because if someone would achieve more than them that would mean that their own flaws and inability and inaction get gets exposed and you know we, we had and i'm not sure if we have disclosed it yet but um you know we had dorian yates speak at the live event right and if you had asked him what he did after he won his first Mr. Olympia title, then the answer would be, I went back to training. 
I went back to preparing for the next title. And he, he would give you the same answer after he won the second time, the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time. Like, the, the, you know, it's all just milestones on the road to achieving greatness. And it, it really doesn't, like, when we achieve something, you know, we are just getting more motivated. And if we fail, we also get more motivated. Like, there's, there's no stopping. And the, the most painful thing for me is to not do something. <laughs> like, uh, if, you, if you would tell me uh, VVV is done, we have achieved everything now, you know, then I would be super unhappy. <laughs> like, I want to keep going, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, most projects would probably just, uh, you know, call it a day, uh, you know, use some of the money to keep paying the team and then uh, maybe introducing fees and then let the thing run and then call it a successful business. But to, to us, it's really the very first step into much greater things. And of course, what we have achieved by now is exceptional and borderline impossible. That's why I um, hold our whales in such high regard because the initial NFTs which they bought for uh, one ETH, which was the whale NFT, which was like the, the initial funding for the launch of um, the new community, like the likelihood of us succeeding was pretty much zero, right? Because no one really knew me at the time. And, you know, they, they had a lot of faith in me. And as we can now see from the value of the whale NFT and from the things which you have achieved and the investments which you have arranged, obviously that was a, a good choice for them. But again, super high risk. And they, they pretty much all based their investment at the time on me and my personality and nothing else. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for another um, enlightening alpha hour. No, we can, we can keep going for like for the uh, opportunity to learn. 15 okay. and 20 minutes if you want. Okay, sure. Well, um, what I can do is, um, uh, is there anything else uh, that Warren Buffett said as far as his his pearls that I haven't touched on that you feel is is the most important or, or anything uh, um, about his thesis that, that I haven't really highlighted that you want to highlight? Um, no, but I want to tell the funny story, which I pasted in general chat yesterday. Uh, you know, the way okay. in which Berkshire Hathaway actually got founded, right? And that's a super interesting story. So uh, Warren Buffett actually was an investor into Berkshire Hathaway. And as they closed down, some of the businesses they had, he bought more and more stock in the company until he was a rather large shareholder. But then the company came into trouble, right? And um, the CEO offered Warren Buffett to buy back his shares. And then, and I'm making the numbers up now, like they, they um, in a, um, what's the term? You know, in a, in a handshake deal, they agreed on $11.50 per share. But then once Warren got the written agreement by the CEO, he only offered him like $11.40 per share. And that pissed Warren Buffett off so much that he just bought all the shares of the company <laughs> and <laughs> fired the CEO and took over the company himself. And that's how Berkshire Hathaway actually came under control of Warren Buffett. 
Sounds like a lot like uh, what happened with uh, Twitter and uh, Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and you, see, you know, and if you look at Warren Buffett and if you, if you see one of some of his interviews, he's such a nice guy, right? But you always have to keep in mind, like Dave, none of these guys have become so successful by being nice. They are all extremely ruthless and they are ice cold killers. And it's the only way to actually achieve that scale of success. And that's also why all the different icons, I don't just pick the, the icons which have a similar personality. There are just no other icons out there who are different from what we, what we see in the academy. Like it's literally, you can just go into any industry and you pick any random person, man or woman, and they will all share like somewhat of the same attributes and characteristics. Like it's, it's not that diverse if you look at um, these people from like a personality assessment. There are certain traits which are a must. You need to have them in order to be successful. And there are also traits which you cannot have or which you must not have, otherwise you will never ever be successful. And it's something, I know people have been so curious about the shark test. Um, This is something which you're going to see like in the next one or two weeks, I'm going to prepare the the announcement of the top scores of the shark test, the guys who won the one-of-one NFTs. And um, then we will also open up the psychological section of the academy where you guys can take um, the two full clinical psychological tests, which uh, partially made up the shark test, and then you will be able to assess your own personality super accurately. And then once we, and this is super important, and it's not something which is very comfortable, but once we exposed the flaws in your personality, then you can actually start working on it and you have an awareness for what's actually holding you back. So I, I think that ties in actually to um, to one of the, the points that we've touched on, but I didn't hit um, directly during this uh, alpha hour about uh, a question on the Warren Buffett homework, which was what's more important, IQ or, or personality? So, um, and from that standpoint, it sounds like personality is imminently more important than being the you know the the highest academic in the room, or, or having yes. the the highest IQ. Yeah, actually, I, I spoke to uh, one of my uh, VC friends uh, two days ago, and he knows some of the biggest angel investors personally. And uh, you know, I, I was getting, I was asking him some questions about how, how to prepare the the pitch of the blockchain fund, and like these guys, like whether or not we have raised. Uh, a million dollars in total already or whether we raise another two or three million dollars through other avenues before we approach the angel investors like they don't they actually don't care about that they are literally just like i said before they want to see a visionary who knows for sure that he can change the world and on that basis they invest and of course they have certain questions which they always ask which you have to answer um, very competently otherwise they immediately lose interest but at the end of the day they all just base that investment on whether or not you are a visionary with the ability to execute and put that vision into reality 
Yeah, absolutely. That, and uh, I've definitely uh, adopted that uh, that thesis, and uh, that's why I, <laughs> I keep buying dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> but which I, um, by the way, which but, I yeah. prohibited you from doing before the mint. <laughs> I know, <laughs> and I'm chosen for a dolphin right now. <laughs> but uh, but no, it's it's uh, it's so impactful to to hear that because I think it is um, it's really freeing. You know, initially when I started to read that in the academy as someone who has sort of identified as someone who's been through a lot of training and a lot of education and a lot of academics. Um, and you know, whether or not it's true thinks of myself as a relatively intelligent human being. Um, when I read that, I was like, well, that that's awful. Like that means that all of this that I have valued, um, is not of as much value as, as I thought it was. And that, that's a really ego dystonic thing to hear. But then when you understand, well, wait a minute, that means that even if there's, because there's always somebody smarter, there's always someone who's read more books, there's always somebody who's further in you in knowledge. And to learn, well, wait, like, if I have the right mindset, I can do anything. It's It doesn't take another book. I don't have to get the blessing from, you know, some superior to be able to change my life. I have control over that. It's not some. It's not in some expert's tome that I have to access. Um, it really is an incredibly freeing thing once you kind of shed yourself of the of the sort of lies of the past. As sure, were, as but, it were. You know the. Um, I don't even know if the, I think that the, the quote is from the movie Matrix. Um, the people dependent on the system will die defending it because you've you have believed in all the lies for your for your entire life and now like realizing the truth would mean that all the years before you have simply wasted and you have been living a lie so most people just decide to be willingly ignorant and continue living a lie because waking up to the truth is just too painful for them so it, it actually takes a lot of character to admit your faults or admit that you've made, you know, that you maybe continuously made the wrong decisions. And I, I've not free from, I, I'm not free from that, right? I, I've been in the exact same situation uh, like six years or so ago, like before I started my first company, I've been in the exact same situation. I was lowering and lowering my expectations I had for my own life. And I was like literally trying to make sense of, becoming an average person or maybe even just being comfortable striving to even be like in the average income bracket so you know it can get super cancerous super quickly if you if you lose the ambitions for yourself and if you lose your the confidence in what you can actually achieve yeah, I think to borrow another line from um, The Matrix that was really impactful to me when I was watching the movie, but I, I didn't really know why. And, and this has really kind of tied it together, being part of VVV and the Academy is um, after they first pull him out, they talk about 
um, they say, you know, your muscles are atrophied. And he said, how can that be? And, you, and they said, you've never actually used them. Um, and I think working um, with VVV, working through the academy and through these lessons, it, it really has been, yeah, you have to shed that and it's a lot of hard work. But the beauty is here in VVV, you have it right there in front of you like here is the work to do and i I think um that's something that that you talked about very early on sean that like so much of this is is apparent quote unquote but but if we've been trained to look in completely different places for success you need someone who's ahead of you in that path who's willing to pull you along and say here's the important part of this lesson here well I, i think the way you put it was you don't even know the questions that you need to ask. Yeah. It's not that you can't read. Yeah, you don't, you don't know, you don't know the information that you need to pull exactly. out. Exactly. And, um, and, and I think w- what one of the things that's been so impactful for me is to be shown the weights that I need to lift, to be shown the exercises that I need to do, and, and really speaking from a mindset standpoint, and to start doing them along with, um, my brothers and sisters in in VVB, it's it's been amazing the amount of uh, progress that can be made when you have the right mentor and when you have the right material and you have the questions that need to be asked. So, um, thank you for for giving us the academy and and uh, you know I've I've learned so much and I know so many of the other students have too, um, just in the ways that the questions are being answered as they move through the lessons, um, it, it, it really is so uh, inspiring to see everyone growing together. Yeah, that's really great to hear. And, and thank you for your work in the Academy, Christian. You're really doing a tremendous job. And we're also going to release the Lesson 10 shortly. Uh, Christian has already, already prepared um, the questions for the lesson. And I'm the one uh, holding him back at the moment before we can release the lesson. Um, but I'm also going to take a, going to tackle that um, as soon as possible. Now let, let me read through some of the comments, and this is also interesting because like any time I mention the cigars, people keep asking like, "What's up with the cigars? Like, is it, I thought it's bad for your health." And you know, there's so many other things which are bad for your health, and you just accept them as a reality, uh, as maybe not even being bad for your health, just because it's accepted by society to do so. And uh, I'm saying this because Ice Frost has asked about the cigars. And I can cover this in uh, the next Exodus session if you guys want. But then uh, please remind me because I I will probably forget. Um, But remind me of the topic and then, you know, we can do a deep dive and discuss the meaning of the cigars <laughs> uh, I, w- I will say just as an aside someone who's worked in uh, healthcare I definitely am the one who was telling everybody not to smoke while being overweight myself so <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you have to reprioritize <laughs> who do you need to preach to first yeah and, yeah, and by the way so maybe to uh, make a, a responsible statement here as, here as well like Unless you have a six pack and you're living the most healthy life possible, like you have no business even thinking about smoking a cigar. Like once you have your health in check, 
then you can smoke a cigar once per week and that's going to be fine. But don't start smoking a cigar while you have not everything else in check first. Unless you're at the IRL event. Yeah, right? then that's okay the for me to yeah, do that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the uh, IRL event is the, the, the rare exception uh, where uh, we can use it to uh, socialize and look cool. That's right. Um, so Icefrost also was asking, what are your thoughts on CC? Is he a man of integrity or someone who is trying to portray that they are someone who they are not? Uh, I don't know. I, you know, I'm, as I said before, I only want to bet on people who are 100% focused, right? And uh, it's the same for, for me. I don't have any time to keep up with anything else outside of VVV or outside of VVV's vicinity. So I have no idea. Um, that's. Uh, I think the research team actually discussed uh, the Binance situation in the video they uploaded today. So um, they might be the uh, better source of information for the topic. Uh, Isros, <laughs> he's busy with the questions today. Uh, he's also asking when our psychology lessons coming in. Uh, give me one or two weeks. Um, it's so difficult to plan everything because um, like the logistics on the back end are uh, taking up so much time to make sure that everything is going smoothly and um, once once everything else is sorted um, then I'm going to release the psychology lessons and sessions okay let me scroll through everything else Um, I.S. Frost, again, is asking, what's the best way to learn something? Reading, listening to a book, or watching videos on the topic? Um, I think this, like, really, really greatly varies on your personality. To me, the best way to learn is to listen to audiobooks and even video courses. I just play them in my car and only listen to the audio. Like, to me, the one of the best... And that's also because of, my, of the time constraints which I have. I, I can really only learn uh, while I'm cooking my food or while I'm driving or doing something else. So I always listen to things. And also when I found a course which is super good, then I listen to it like three, four, five times. I, I really re-listen to the best courses I have and, and, and continuously do them again and again and again because... Um, like especially if you're listening to it and you're not reading it, then you're absorbing um, the information sometimes more spotty. So it makes sense to re-listen and make sure you really get all the value out of the material. But I, I would say it greatly depends um, on your personality. Like if you prefer reading, then read. Just keep in mind that it's uh, less efficient because you can like really only focus on that one thing. And watching videos sometimes is necessary if there's something visual which you have to see. And um, just always try to combine it with, you know, if you watch a video, for example, do so while you eat so that it doesn't take away um, or, you know, that it, so that it allows you to compress the time which you have. Okay, reading through... The questions. Um, yes, we will also go through the shark test and what the questions mean and why um, certain answers 
have been preferred and rewarded with higher scores. And we're going to cover that in much detail. And to give you some numbers, so we had, I think now, 1,200 or 1,300 people in total complete the test. And only about 15 actually scored higher than 300. And one of them was Christian. And most of the other guys have also been sharks or whales or uh, one of our largest uh, dolphin holders also was in the 300 scores which is very interesting because uh, like the way the test works it's like impossible to actually like deliberately structure in a way to reward a certain type of holder it's really something which has uh, happened naturally which was really really good for me to see Okay, I'm reading through the comments here, and we have, um, I know he's out of our server, but I, I can't put the PFP uh, to the actual handle here, but his uh, Twitter handle is DMS4Crypto. I agree with most being discussed, especially taking action. Best way to learn is to do it. Knowledge is potential power and wasted without action. However, not all university professors haven't had success. Some of my best mentoring was from professors who had walked their talk. Um, yeah, that's true. I, I, I'm obviously generalizing here, but um, like, unless you want to become a lawyer or a doctor, university definitely wouldn't be my first stop for educating yourself, especially, especially with the internet now. You have the opportunity to really go out there and pick the best mentor, even if it's not like active one-on-one -on -one mentoring, but you can pick the best person to consume their material from where they are ex exactly where you, where you want to be. And I would prefer that over any professor in university any day of the week, unless you get super lucky. Like if you actually find someone in real life who can mentor you, like that's, that's uh, invaluable, but it's also much, much harder to come by. Um, Mario is asking, what about marketing after Discord closes? Yeah, marketing is still going to uh, to happen. So we are still going to we're doing we're going to do it in a, in a different way um, because now we have our holder base. We don't have to advertise the uh, like the mint or the the NFT itself, but we're going to keep pushing. And uh, as you guys know, with the scholarship program, the goal is to make the value in VVV very obvious and to create more demand for access to VVV and then reward you guys with the ability to be able to rent out the NFTs which you hold or the utility of the NFTs which you hold and then reward you guys with um, and again this is not a promise because it's you know just something which probably takes time but then eventually reward you guys with a solid and I don't like the term, but with a solid passive income stream from being able to grant access to others to VVV for limited periods of time. Okay, so we have the same question by Joseph. How will you market the VC side of VVV going forward after the Mint? And wouldn't going almost fully private in Discord affect the ability to attract more people to join the scholarship program and buy raffle tickets? Um, well, we're going to... Like, like I said before, we're going to keep 
channels public in which people can observe the value and success in VVV, but we don't need them to see the inner workings for that. Like you will see with the in real life trailer, um, you know, that, that doesn't look like a crypto event and we didn't talk about topics like crypto at all. We really focused on the mindset and you will also realize that the people who talk to us are infinitely more successful than the people or the communities associated with, and they are actually people of substance. And that ability to be super outspoken and to be different from what's being done in the crypto space as a whole, that's actually the best marketing possible. Because if you just do what everyone, what everyone else is doing, and if you cater to the same losers, which is 99% of the crypto space, because most people come into the space with the wrong expectations and with the wrong mindset, then you're not going to be able to actually um, get to the scale and to the quality which you need to become super, su super successful as a community and as a project as a whole. Okay. If there's more questions, feel free to drop them now. Otherwise, I would say we call it a day and we can <clears throat> then catch up next Sunday latest. I will see if I can make time for an Exodus session, maybe towards the end of next week. But I can't promise it because I'm, uh, uh, I'm now traveling and I'm actually going to... Um, um, a location to set up um, some of the business structure for the future of VVV as well and that's going to take uh, quite a bit of planning and time but um, yeah I'm, I'm as you know I'm going to keep you guys posted but I'm also going to keep working in silence for a large part because um, focusing on the execution is more valuable to all of our stakeholders than talking about what I want to do or what I'm going to do. Like the talking is going to take away from the taking action. And the same thing with the reading and with the learning. Be very, very careful with the balance you have here. Um, you always want to have 90% being taking action and 10% being learning, reading, talking, explaining like the most part of what you do should always be the taking action part. Mr. Gunnar is asking, will the airdrop NFTs vary between sharks, whales, and dolphins, or will it be specifically dolphins only? It's only going to be dolphins. Okay, Christian, is there anything else you want to say or ask? No, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, my pleasure, Christian. Thank you for joining as always. And I'm looking forward to talk to you again next week. Sounds great. Okay, guys. Thank you once again for listening in. If you haven't done so, please leave a retweet and the like for us. And then we're going to catch up next week. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing you around in our server. The OGs and the new members alike. We are now all part of a brotherhood, which is going to change the space for the better. We now have our safe haven of common sense 
and understanding of where the space needs to go and where the real potential and where the real returns lie within all the scams and all the corruption that's prevalent in the crypto space. And I'm very much looking forward to staying on top and getting far ahead on the top together with you guys. So thank you once again. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. And I'm going to talk to you next week. Bye-bye. This recording has been prepared and made available by VVV. It is for informational purposes only and should not be considered a solicitation to sell, buy or subscribe to any financial instruments or products. VVV does not express any opinion as to the present or future price of any instrument mentioned in this recording. The information provided in this recording is believed to be valid and accurate on the date it is first published, but VVV, along with its directors, officers and employees, does not accept any liability for any loss arising from the use of this information as it may change in the future without notice. Any decision made by a party after listening to this recording shall be on the basis of its own research and not based on the information and opinions provided by VVV.